trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt yes back 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 again back title card the beginning beginning. (laughs) i am recording uh here in new new york yeah yeah post-nuclear fallout of course you know aren't you glad that for once new york wasn't nuked it was la as it should be, honestly. As it should As be. It should be. <gasps> so rude. So rude. Um, no, we're talking about The Creator, which is this movie I didn't know was coming out until like three weeks ago when I finally saw a trailer. And everyone was like, OMG, like an original sci-fi idea. And yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if this qualifies as original, but it isn't IP. So like, congrats to the team involved. They wrote a movie. I would like to discuss <laughs> the rollout of this film because okay, I feel like please. it has had one of the most fascinating rollouts that of a movie that I can remember in recent years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't really heard anything about it. So so, well, you know, and I think that's part of it. That's part of it. I had not heard anything about this movie. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know that it was happening. Ha- like, and you and I are both plugged in people. Yeah. We're on Twitter. Yeah. We're online. Like, we know about movies years before they get made you know something is optioned and you're seeing tweets about it let alone it's fully produced and and shot and in post-production and you you don't know about it and usually if it's something that we don't know about it's because it's a really tiny movie or it's a movie that's going straight to netflix or it's a weird streaming movie or whatever so maybe like two weeks ago three weeks ago i got an invitation to a screening for this movie the creator and i was like I've never heard of this. It has John David Washington in it. But like, I didn't really even bother reading what it was about because I thought, like, I, I don't know what this is. So it sort of must be bad. They must be dumping it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like, it must be low budget or whatever. Like, I don't know. It, and also, it's in the fall awards season right now. So it's like anything that's awardsy I've heard about. So I was like, this is something like I'm busy. I don't have time for this. I'm not watching this movie. sort of like filed the email away didn't think about it well then one of my friends who's a film critic was like oh are you going to the screening of the creator and I was like no I got an email about it but like are you and he's like yeah I am I've heard that it's incredible and I was like what and he's like yeah I've heard from people that it's like one of the best movies of the year and I was like weird that that would be the case when I have heard nothing about it and then I was looking it up and it's not like an indie movie it's from 20th century studios so that's like Mm -hmm. Disney um so a big studio and it has John David Washington in it so like a big named star and the budget was fairly substantial it's a big sci-fi movie so I was like this is so weird that I have heard nothing about this and then the press screening started and i started seeing the reviews online and they were like this is one of the top 10 best sci-fi movies ever made like this is the defining movie of the decade like this is incredible best movie of the year it's a it's sci-fi like you've never seen it before it's beautifully shot the performances are incredible it's so original it's original idea (laughs) like all of these just hyperbolic takes on this movie and i was like this is crazy. Like, like to go from something that I have heard nothing about to now this is the best movie in like a week and a half span. So then I decided that, okay, well, I got to go to this press screening. But then they moved the press screening from 6 p.m. to 3 p.m. in the middle of the day. So I was like, okay, never mind. I can't go to that. So I guess I'll just have to see it in theaters. And, and so in my mind, it's like this super hyped up thing of, wow, it's got these like crazy good reviews um there's so, it's sort of like late breaking you know everybody's talking about it whatever but i think actually no one was talking about it outside of film twitter nobody yeah. knew that it was happening i've seen and heard next to nothing about it from the general public and when i was looking this weekend to buy tickets like most of the theaters had like two or three people in them um <laughs> oh no the box office the box office is bleak 
It, it cost yeah. 80 million. It's only made 32 million back. And it wasn't necessarily going up against a lot of big stuff. Um, but that's not a shabby like start. That's like, you know. I mean, it's not like terrible, terrible, but for a movie that's supposedly so good, right. I, I, I'm, I'm just like, why didn't, like, why wasn't there more promote? If they yeah. thought that this movie was good, why wasn't there more, more promotion? Why yeah. didn't it go to one of these fall festivals where it could have gotten more buzz? Sure. Like, why aren't they having it in the awards conversation for all of these craft categories? Because, yeah. like, there's a lot of visual effects and things. Like, it's I just I think you're looking so at the bizarre. effect of the SAG strike. Like, I think... Everything, I think this is one of those that suffered from it because, yeah, I mean, on top of that, you also have the WGA strike, which meant there wasn't the usual like morning shows or whatever. Like, I feel like it was hard to find out about this movie because where were they doing press? It seemed like the PR team wasn't able to think creatively to like get this anywhere. And I don't know. Yeah, I think it is curious because my husband heard about it before me and was like, oh, yeah, it's the guy who did Rogue One. And I was like, how did you hear about this? And he's like, I, I don't know, TikTok or something. And I saw the movie trailer when I didn't time my entrance to another movie correctly and I had to sit through five minutes of trailers. So I feel like they just didn't know how to – I feel like the timing was thus that it was like they couldn't get John David Washington, they couldn't get Jimmy Chan to go around and like do interviews. Yeah, but if you're not flying those people places, like, let's do an ad buy. Like, let's I do know. a billboard. And I don't understand why they wouldn't go to festivals. Because that's, like, yeah. I mean, not free advertisement, but, like. Something. You know, yeah. <laughs> especially with Dune being bumped. Like, yes. Like, there's no big sci-fi movie this year in the lineup. And usually there's at least one or two. So I'm like, I don't know why they, why at the very least when they saw that news that they weren't trying to sort of be like, hey, you're not watching Dune, but we've got something <laughs> that's like equivalent. Yeah. Well, how do you get onto a, um, into, into a, a film festival? I mean, you have to submit your movie. So I mean, I think so that they, they probably just, like, just missed did... a deadline or something. Well, I don't, I don't know. It is missed... weird. I think that they actively decided not to go. Maybe, yeah. but maybe it's like they thought that that they weren't going to do it because Dune was going to take those slots or whatever, and then they and then Dune bumped, and then it was too late for them or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a million different reasons, but I can't imagine if they had submitted this for festivals, the festivals would have turned it down. Right. I mean, yeah, it's expensive it, it... and buzzy and. Like, yeah. was not a bad movie by any means. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's like an original idea. It's from the director of Rogue One, which was a hugely successful, like, well reviewed Star Wars flick. And he also did, like, Godzilla, which also reinvigorated an entire um, franchise. And I liked his original movie, which was Monsters. And that, that was well received as well. So it isn't like a nobody. And they did put their money to it. And yeah, it is weird that no one knew about it. Um, but it's also weird that it got so hyped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hype was weird because it sort of just came out of nowhere. But yeah. I feel like I feel like there must just be something in the water this year where people are like desperate for a like a big thing or or, yeah. may, or maybe in years past we've just gotten that earlier and so well, people... and it's probably like refreshing to not have to go to another marvel movie and like you know like there is something about this movie that feels different and it's it is really beautifully shot like i will say that i didn't love this movie and i walked away with a lot of like Hmm. You know, I felt like it could have been trimmed by like 35 minutes. Some of those side plots, like it felt like it didn't have anything to say while pretending it was the most important thing to ever speak. And so I didn't like love it, but I do think it was really beautifully made. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, I think that this is like a solid good movie. Yeah. Not necessarily a great movie, but I feel like with b the Barbie and Oppenheimer situation earlier, there was also that. But I kind of wonder if this isn't what happens after we've had a couple of years of like Parasite and right. everything everywhere all at once that came earlier in the year and were these sort of like century defining movies that everybody got on board with and so now we're kind of like because that year doesn't really seem or this year doesn't really seem to have that yet people are kind of like antsy well, and because you don't believe in barbie but <laughs> well yes 
But, but I think people would argue that that was the little movie that could, you know. I mean, <laughs> the little movie that could, as if the the little corporate backed movie that could. No, the I mean, Barbie obviously was like a defining movie from a box office point yeah, of view, yeah, but yeah, I don't no, know I if from like an artsy. Yeah. Anyways, the so I think people are just like desperate for that, and so that's why they're throwing that onto every yeah. movie that comes out. You know, like Paw Patrol. Oh my gosh, the best <laughs> movie! Like we'll be thinking about this for centuries to come. You know, but, what's interesting is Paw Patrol had more show to, showings than this movie did opening weekend. Like it well, was like obviously three because, films behind Paw Patrol. Because <laughs> Paw Patrol is like a kids movie, so families are but going it's to not Paw even Patrol. Like a good kids movie. I I went to the premiere. Um. It was a big of Paw Patrol. Pass. Yeah, they invited people who had dogs to like sign up for a pass because they wanted to break the Guinness World Record for most dogs at a movie premiere. Which what? <laughs> what? So that was like what we Have did you, last Did weekend. you post about this? No, I didn't. I like forgot. And I Shelby, this I is the wildest <laughs> thing you've ever done. So I mean, did it was Penny like an go? Outdoor movie, yeah. So Penny and Lupe and me and Rob, we all went up to this like the Griffith Park. Like they had this big, you know, outdoor screen set up. It was so freaking hot. It was kind of miserable, but it was funny to be there. They had like a red carpet you could walk, and like your dogs. <laughs> so you've seen the Paw Patrol movie? So and I can watched. Speak to I its watched three quarters of the Paw Patrol movie, and then we were like, "Let's just leave." Like this is. We only had to stay for 15 minutes to make it count for the Guinness World Record, and we did break it. We made history that night. Um, wow. So, honestly, <laughs> Lupe's accomplished more than I have. Um, but, yeah, I did see Paw Patrol, and I don't think it was a better movie than The Creator, um, but it was a more memorable experience. So, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. well, But, no, The Creator is... I think it's kind of settled down. You know, it's like 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, like 77% of people liked it. Like Metacritic is similarly staged there in the like high Bs, you know. And I think that's fair. Like like I think these sort of sci-fi original concept movies do have a hard time. It's the Chappie. It's the Elysium. It's, you know, District 9. Like, even if they manage to do something interesting and compelling, there's always going to feel like something borrowed from a very heavily established genre. Um, And so this one does fit the original bill, but there's something kind of unsettling about it where it all feels borrowed from something else. At least to me, that was a distraction for me. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's hard to, if you're doing sci-fi or fantasy, it's like you either have to come up with something that's completely new, which is hard to do and still have it be simple enough for people to understand it. But then yeah. if you don't come up with something that's completely new, it it often feels like you're borrowing elements from things. Um, I guess like the basic premise of this, this is sort of an AI uh, Blade Runner Westworld-esque sci-fi john david washington is the main character he is a human and the planet has been embroiled sort of in this like human versus ai no 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 americans versus oh yes oh yes yes (laughs) americans versus ai that's right because the rest of the world's fine with that yeah the americans are out to get ai um because there was a explosion in los angeles that has been blamed on the ai uh individuals people robots whatever sims sims and so yeah and so and and so the americans are worried about these sims they are they build this giant mothership thing that cruises around the world one might call it a death Yes, star. a Death Star, <laughs> although it looks very different, um, and kills the Sims, kills the yeah, yeah, the, it's like a the drone. AI people. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, a, it's like a drone. It like yeah has a strike force or whatever, and yeah. then and there's this there's this sort of like messiah esque scientist it's named yes Nermada who apparently has some sort of device that will be able to blow up the death star and so 
it's a little bit of like a race for time where the Americans are trying to find this Nirmada person before they're able to create their weapon that will blow up the American's Death Star and thus have AI winning for all eternity. Well, the way the Americans I posit mean, it yes, is that yes. um, this is a weapon that will destroy humanity. Yes. So that's the whole shtick. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, and we got to get it first before they destroy us. But but the opening sequences yeah. are of John David Washington sort of undercover with Gemma Chan, who is Asian and sort of um, connected to this new Asian group of androids and humans who are and what are they called what's the mix or sims Sims. but what what are the there's like the ai people and then there's the human people and then there's sort of like or or i guess or wait there's the robots that have ai then there's the people who are robots but have ai and then there's the actual humans yeah so there's like robots that are your classic metal face like yeah and but they have artificial intelligence yeah well, there's so, yeah, there's a little bit of everything, but yes. Yes. There are general robots who just seem like, you know, programmed. You know, they're just marching around like police officers yeah. or, you know, whatever. And then there's robots. The artificial intelligence robots are the Sims where they're like okay. bio. Yeah, and they have faces <laughs> and they can be cloned from existing people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the. But so he's in love with Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan is pregnant. They are, he's undercover. And then the Americans sort of raid the area that he's undercover. Gemma Chan gets killed. He's angry. But you get from the start, even though we're we're from the point of view of John David Washington and he's an American working with the Americans, that the Americans are bad people and yeah. that there is something nefarious going on. Allison Janney is his sort of like boss and she doesn't seem quite right. And so at least I was sympathetic to the robot Android sin. Oh, hundred percent. This population. is a very anti-American movie, yes. which I appreciated. <laughs> yes. From the jump. And you're kind of like, not exactly sure why, but then it just like the, the things sort of keep piling up. And then you realize as you go like, wait, the Americans yeah. are actually horrible. And and I did think that it had an interesting take on AI, which is like if you watch Westworld and some of these other AI movies, I feel like the usual either the AI is bad from the start or the AI has feelings but is trying to like revolt because the Americans are or because the humans are so mean to them and so because the humans are mean then the ai fights back and then the ai ends up you know uh, sort of turning themselves into bad guys but in this the ai is like we never wanted to fight anybody the ai is sort of like the better version of humanity where they're like yeah we're perfectly fine to just like live in the world and exist and not be fighting with anybody we don't understand why the humans are trying to fight with everybody we're just like good little robots doing our business and i thought that that was sort of an interesting take on this that i hadn't seen before i felt like that was the most original sort of concept in the Mm. movie was that the AI is actually like better humans. It's sort of like an evolved version of us almost. I mean, that's like a lot of, isn't that like the point of like iRobot and Bicentennial Man and AI and like the benevolent robot that proves that, you know, artificial intelligence is is something soul-like and that it shouldn't be, you know, or like her even. Yeah. Yes, I guess so, but I feel like in all of those they're more robot-y. Yeah. Yeah. Like like um Haley Joel Osment in AI, like that's Pinocchio. And so the base so the whole point of the story is like, yeah, he wants to be human, but he can't like he's different. Like right. he's not I a bad person, like, but he's like not the same. Yeah. They're like good. You know, I think Yes. I think most Unless it's like, you know, Terminator and even Terminator starts to wrestle with whether or not robots are always bad. It's like, yeah, the age old question of what 
what makes a human human, like what makes life valuable and like, whoa, AI, what is this, you know? Um, but yeah, I agree that it's like as a concept interesting. I think my, you know, I feel like, like I said, I really liked Rogue One. I like this director usually. Um, I think there was a lot of chances to say something interesting here, but I felt like it fell flat a lot where it didn't exactly explain like why why people were so upset like why like my why main issue were so upset with the ai <laughs> well yeah like my main issue is if he had chosen to do like this anti you know war on terror type of film like this sort of like cuz there are a lot of similarities to the war on terror and how America yeah. responded to like 9/11 and i saw that especially in the opening like you know newsreel where it has like this general giving this speech about how oh we aren't against new asia we're against ai and we'll we'll eradicate this singular you know anti-humanity group right at any cost. And so it does very much give like George W. Bush like arguing about like, oh, you know, uh, we're we're launching a war on terror and like pretending that they we aren't in fact, you know, <laughs> asserting ourselves into four different countries and like, you know, uh, starting war with civilians and using drones that are supposed to just kill the bad guys, but actually have a huge, you know, uh, collateral effect. Um, and so I felt I felt like that groundwork was interesting, especially when it's like, oh, actually, AI didn't launch the nuke that hit LA. It was actually a computer code, like a human error. Mm -hmm. And I thought there'd be more of that, like sort of exploring how America exceptionalism uh, dehumanizes entire cultures and countries. But I feel like it kind of lost that plot by focusing on this weird, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like most of the movie was just hitting the point on the head, which is that, yeah, shouldn't we sympathize with these AI robots? Like, shouldn't we feel the humanity of them? Isn't it bad to watch them get trampled and beat and killed and murdered and tortured? Um, isn't that sad? And that was like <laughs> most of the movie is just watching American soldiers destroy whole villages and towns and communities yeah. of robots. I mean I think it got I think it got its point across. It wasn't necessarily a super complex point, yeah. but it, I think the AI sort of in a lot of ways just stood in for people kind of minding their own business. Like yeah. like there's these people who are just like trying to live their lives who are minority groups and for whatever reason, I mean for the reason that people who want to stay in power need to have an adversary in order to sort of gain power and rile people up that they just almost arbitrarily pick groups and say, oh, this is the bad group. We got to go after them. And so they decide they're going to go after AI, even though AI is in this example, like very lovely and sort of nice and sweet. And there doesn't seem to be any real issue with them. They're not programmed for any like nefarious content there's never really a point in the movie where the ai is where you see the ai grapple with any kind of like should i kill somebody should i not you know it it's they're very like townspeople almost energy <laughs> that they're being hunted down yeah by the thing that i felt like was annoying about the movie and the reason why i didn't like it as much as i think i could have was that we went back to the well of there's a a amazing talented messiah child that we have to protect it's like <laughs> there's so many science yes. fiction plot i mean it's dune it's stranger things like the kid it's star wars like the kid with the secret powers and we have to you know yeah. protect them and they're gonna save us Children and men. Yeah, yeah i just find that premise at this point so played out and boring unless you're really gonna like twist it or do something right. interesting or complicate it and really it was that it was amazingly straightforward like yeah. there's supposedly this weapon that's gonna take out the death star we find out that the weapon is a child and then john david washington is kind of tasked with looking after this little kid who as the movie goes on we realize has like growing powers 
in a sort of 11 from Stranger Things-esque way where, you know, she can kind of like move her hands around and or put her hands together and take out technology. Yeah, she's an EDM or Noah. Yeah, EMT. No, not EMT. EMP? She's whatever whatever the thing that they have to get in Ocean's Eleven is. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. She is a very cute actress. She does a lot of good. And she really carries the emotional weight of this film because John David Washington is giving me nothing personally. But also she only carries it when she's not talking. I feel like whenever (laughs) she had to deliver a line, I was a little bit like, ugh. No. I thought she was like her, good. Like her in the scenes where she just kind of has to like look frightened or cry or or like weep or whatever. Like she was exquisite in all of those. Whenever there were a couple scenes towards the end where she had to be given a little bit more dialogue, and I felt yeah, like that like sort that. of took me out of it a bit. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean John David Washington. I feel like that's just his style. Like I it feel like we've talent. seen him in. <laughs> It's not. It's Maybe it's Nepo Baby. No, no, max. no. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure that he's talented or not, but I think that we've seen him in a lot of things where he is sort of like giving nothing. Like, I think yes. that's just whatever his... Yes. <laughs> like, that's what we're going to get from him. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, the plot is um, interesting in that it moves. You know, it, it does the thing from going from point A to point B. Um, there's well, a it's lot like of, a like, journey side... movie, so that's nice. <laughs> there's a lot of side journeys where I was like, "What is? What is this? What? What is the purpose? Why are we here?" Um, and I feel like you always say I'm nitpicking, but it's really not nitpicking. It's like I was given a jacket and I'm trying to wear it, and I notice a loose thread, and I'm like, "Oh, I should get rid of that." But as I pull it, it just keeps unraveling. And that's, that makes it hard to enjoy the film. Okay. And my number one question through all of this was, what the hell is New Asia? Like, why? You didn't like the movie because you were like, what the hell is New Asia? (laughs) No. That was the starting point. Because right away it's introduced, oh, I'm not at war with New Asia. I'm at war with AI. But the... And then the whole premise, you know, you can argue that, yeah, that's America. You storm into these countries and you pretend you're saving the world from itself, but actually you're just wreaking havoc and causing severe harm. And, you know, like it's that sad. And that was affecting in this film, like watching the drone strikes and being like, this wasn't what was happening here. Didn't meet, didn't require this sort of violent answer. But Sorry, (laughs) I was was confused by how they got away with this like sort of policing of an entire nation with this magical drone laser ship. Yeah. I mean, I guess the politics of the world was, were not fully explained. Like I, it felt to me like new Asia was a little bit like, I don't know, district 13 or something in, um, in the hunger games where it was less of, its own country and more of sort of like the hinterlands where like these sort of outlaws were hiding about and it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like law or regulation there. It didn't seem like one country was attacking another country. It sort of felt like one country was like going off into the wilderness and trying to find these insurgents who were there. So maybe like new Asia is just sort of like a weak country or a country that, um has you know sort of like the philippines or something where it has this relationship with the united states where the united states can sort of like do whatever they want there because they're giving money like i don't know yeah Yeah. that never was addressed i liked the concept of new asia as a whole because one i thought it did give them some pretty interesting locales to shoot in and i don't think we necessarily get a lot of sci-fi stuff that has like a Southeast Asian landscape. Absolutely untrue. There's like a term for it. It's like techno orientalism. Like it's like. Well, like, okay, I guess what I'll say is the 
like the more natural landscape stuff, yeah. I think. Like, yeah, yeah we, there's a lot of like, oh, we're in Singapore, we're in Tokyo, we're in Hong Kong, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, this yeah. was a lot of like rice paddies and like beaches and palm trees and sort of like yeah. those giant like rock things in the water. And that I felt like was a sort of more interesting backdrop to yeah, the I mean, it's definitely sci-fi world. I think it was all filmed in Thailand and it's all yeah. gorgeous. And um, then I... I also thought, like, from a world-building perspective, the fact that you have, like, the, these people who are still speaking... Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I accidentally went and saw the closed caption screening of this movie. Oh, okay. So it, it kept being, like, speaking in New Asian, speaking in Korean, speaking in uh, <laughs> Thai, whatever. Yeah. And all of the people were sort of speaking different languages. So there would be certain scenes where, like, the villagers would be speaking in their, like, original language, but then also trying to speak in New Asian. And so I thought that whatever was going on with the languages and how those were sort of, like, built on top of each other and how, like, there was old languages, but then obviously this new one that was sort of, like, taking over. I thought that that was interesting world building, which now that I'm saying it recognized that it was probably lost on 98% of the audience because I only <laughs> realized that that was happening because I was watching the closed caption screening. Well, but I think it's, um, that, was that touches on an issue. I, I walked out of that movie and I was like, what is this guy's obsession with Asia? Like, what is happening here? And I read this interesting article by Sidant Adlaka for Joy Sauce. And he was talking about how so often – Western sci-fi uses Asian-ness in this techno-orientalism to like be like, the future is Asian. Asians are often robots. There's like this weird, oh, they're so like evolved and all of this. But it ends up dehumanizing its Asian subjects and becomes like this story about like, you know, I think what unsettled me was how easily this film just wiped out the only Asian figures it had. I mean, like the Asian figures were Jimmy Chan, who spoke English and was British Asian, and then Alfie, who also spoke English in an American accent for some reason. And then the rest were basically like robots wearing sort of like these sort of nebulous, like Asian adjacent, you know, you have your monk robes and you watch them get shot like execution style I don't know. By having like all these robots stand in for Asian people, it just ends up feeling like sort of pandering and and like kind of like it's asking for props without really earning it because it didn't have anything interesting to say. And in fact, didn't say anything about a specific culture because it conveniently made its own culture um, by naming this like, oh, New Asia. But it just felt kind of like. Did he. It was just like. Are his other movies set in Asia? I mean, Rogue One no, is set Rogue in One's like wherever Star Wars, and then is Godzilla Asia? Godzilla obviously has like, like yeah, I'm sure this yeah, guy I respects mean Asia. Asia, but cr- the the director was like the was t- the thing he said about why he decided to make this movie was he was like traveling through Thailand. He's like, wouldn't it be great to like have a movie set here? But instead of like you know making it Thai, it was just like borrowing like these ideas of Hindu or Buddhism and like just like whoa, like just I mean stealing stereotypes and just making this movie where he didn't have to justify Asians' existence. He's like, oh well, let's talk about robots. I mean, I do sort of feel like that's all sci-fi, and that's one of the reasons why people write sci-fi is because you can sort of steal things from whatever you want and then make a new world that's Right, but this isn't a new world. It's speculative fiction. It's well, it's taking no, place in our world yes. 50 years later. Yes, but obviously there's lots of differences, and I feel like that he's most, like, there's only so many things you can tackle in a movie, and he's mostly going after the sort of, like, AI concept rather than right, anything else. Right, but he's mostly using a vehicle of Asian-ness to explore that, whether that's well, I, just locales, I mean, but they, then on top of it, you you watch... Like the cultural dynamic between America and New Asia is central to the story. I mean, yes, but I think that they like based on the construct of the movie, they had to set it the other people somewhere because if it's America versus X, then X, you know, like, I mean, I guess you can make it Canada and sort of like have it be all basically American people. But 
the 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 other place the dynamic is it's mostly like americans are humans versus this other civilization that's this mix of humans and ai and so you have to put that somewhere and i guess if you didn't i guess if you put it in maybe europe or yeah like canada or australia or something like or somewhere specific like japan or thailand like it's like why yeah. why were these robots in Hindu flags? Like nothing like you know why were they like, what I, were they believing in? What was their purpose? What did these Asians have to live for? Like what were they rooting for? We never got any of that because the only I speaking under- roles were like like John I understand I understand that like the movie could be like like there is a version of this movie that I that goes into that or taps into something in that conversation in a deeper way that's more interesting where this is mostly using Asia kind of like a set dressing because they have to be somewhere and that's where he's selected because he traveled there and liked it but I don't necessarily think that it's in like a I don't know like Like malicious kind of way yeah I don't know I think it's like I think it's yeah, I think it's less – I don't know. I was, like, less concerned about but that. But isn't that the element. point of, you know, um, the white lens and how we don't think about things like that? Because, I mean, right. Yes, but, like, but I think, like, in the – like, I think this movie is trying to say other important things, and there's only so many important things that every movie can say. Well, like, isn't the main important thing is, like, oh, we should learn to coexist with each other? Like, oh, we just need to coexist. Like, the whole goal is to... And I think that's sort of what he's trying to do with the fact that, like, oh, this new Asia, whatever it is, is just a mixture of all of these things. Right. The the lesson then becomes white people should learn to coexist with Asian people, which, which is like, yes, totally, but we already are. And yet, like someone else pointed out that there's no Asian people on the American side, even though Asians are a large part of the American society at this point. So it's, it's weird... And sort of unsettling that the only way the filmmaker could like posit this question of like, what is humanity? Can we even like people different than us is white v. Asian. And I'm not saying it's like, I'm not saying it's like totally harmful. Like I totally get get that like this movie was attempting something, but it just feels kind of, I don't know, like infantilizing. By taking up this like, ooh, Asian culture as the otherness and and like presenting it as justifiable because it's robots, but not giving Asian people an actual voice or perspective in the film itself. Yeah, I uh, I like I I can see what you're saying. I guess I, I'm I, to me that feels like a small part of Thing. That is Some, the main part of the movie. The main part That's of the movie the is the part AI the part of the movie. This, but the AI like, are adopted and protected and built by Asians and they look like Asians. Like that's, you can't just, you know, I th- the, the I only think, people in the world who are still down with the AI are, is this new Asia. Like it is Asians well, we that they're attacking. we don't know that because we that's don't. That's exactly what the U.S. sets up is that they're like, we're eradicating AI. Where are they? They're in these mountains with these Asian people right, who are like Right, but there's not really like mentions of Africa and black well, people why and Hispanic wouldn't, people and whatever. Anyways, the point is that the creator and the like, th- that's the whole opening spiel is like, we're not at war with New Asia. We're at war with AI who are being protected and coexist with New Asia. So, I mean, sure, there might be robots elsewhere, but it seems like, anyways, that's the central, that's the central, like, dressings of the film. And um, I just don't think that this man, when he was setting out to write this movie, was thinking necessarily about, like, the, like, right, US, he's not thinking Asian about the stereotypes diplomacy and the or what, history of techno-orientalism and the othering of Asian body. But yeah, like obviously his intention wasn't like, I'm going to make. So like, what do you think is the better option here? Like if he wants to make this movie about AI is like, because I feel like if he 
if he drills in and is like, okay, I'm setting this movie and it's like Korea and that's what it is, that then we would sort of end up in a perhaps right, similar why is issue. He, why? But then if he doesn't <laughs> set... Asia? Well, but then it's like, where does he set this place? Like, well, can I'm he, just saying, I'm just like, saying. Like, does I he have you. to do a version of the movie where it's like, okay, it's it's New York versus LA or like... Like, I, I mean, think listen. if you want an interesting back... Or, or should he have just like come up with aliens? What I'm saying is that I think it was lazy... And I felt that laziness reflected in his attempt at saying anything deeper too. Because even this like, oh, it's about AI. It's like, well, what is he saying about AI? Because right now the conversation around AI is like, well, actually this is wiping out real jobs. Like, do we like AI? Is this even like something that should do? And this movie felt like oh, yeah, no. chat GPT coming up with a sci-fi script that's like, oh yeah, this uh, hero child. Oh, uh, Sad, like, father figure. Oh, like, death. Oh, children. Like, what is he... Like, you know, it didn't feel like it was saying anything new. And in fact, dragged its feet to get to the point because it didn't really know how to end up anywhere new. I didn't think that it said anything particularly new about AI in a way that reflects our current issues with AI in the world. To me, it was much more of, like, a... um, it was much more of a statement of like America and it's sort of like derogatory, the harmful, like warring nature than, than it was a statement about like how we should be using AI responsibly or anything like that. Yeah. I know. Like I did not love this movie. I yeah, did not yeah. necessarily think it's great, but I, but I kind of feel like for what it was doing and for what it was giving us that it, that everything sort of felt like a piece to me of like, yeah, okay, we get this Messiah plot line. Like, and, and maybe that does sort of just go to speak to some of the laziness that I think was involved. Yeah. Like, like I think it's creative in certain ways, but doesn't necessarily like go any place that's yeah. uh, uh, particularly. Well, it's just like, it's know. bloated, right? Like it's like, yeah. If you explain the plot, it's it just gets more confusing the more you talk about because you're like, oh yeah, the. But I think they that's him every sci-fi his book. Wife is dead. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's like you try to describe the Hunger Games and then you start <laughs> asking questions about it, and it's like none of this makes any sense. Yeah, no, I just mean like the narrative, like the the through line he tried to establish wasn't like really. It, it didn't like stick very well for me because there were too many pieces moving, and it all felt, you know contrived which well, i think i think the best parts were when he was able to sort of like focus on the more humanity side of things yeah like the relationship between john david washington and Gemma chan and then their dynamic and then his dynamic with the kid i think were some of the better scenes in the movie like yeah. the sort of ending emotional sequences were all tied to that rather than to any sort of like political statement that he was making about things but even um, that was kind of like stumbling through it right because you get like their breakup and then you get the realization that she's Nimrod Nirmata and then you get the realization that it's actually his genetic code in the kid and then you get this like oh they're cloning her on this spaceship for some reason and then it's like oh well he has her last memories so he's going to be able to talk to her again and, like, that all kind of, like, stumbles through it. So it just feels like – like, that was mostly my issue, right, is that it didn't feel like any of the emotional points were earned. And maybe that was because the acting was kind of struggling or because there were too many side plots of, like, Alice and Janie running around torturing, you know, robots. <laughs> but it was also things, like, where you get these flashbacks where he's going undercover and his his leader technically says something like, don't go native on me, which is, like, so racist but then it isn't really explained because the next scene is that guy turning out to have gone to have fallen for robots too but that's never really explained and i feel like the interesting parts of this movie the interesting parts of this story would have been to dig into like this anti-war anti-american like let's make this a statement on the war on terror type of thing without lingering so much on this like woo woo like what is love type thing or digging well, into John David Washington's feelings as someone who has a robotic limb, as someone who has <laughs> his friends and leaders either going hard on like 
anti-robots or going into like, we love robots. Like I just felt like the characters were giving me nothing. And so the plot was then giving me nothing. And I didn't feel anything by the end of it, except like, wow, it's pretty sad to watch whole societies be slaughtered by these Americans. I liked... I think that the the best parts about the movie were the smaller parts yeah. and that those weren't like, I think there's sort of like an indie version of this that maybe actually works a lot better, but that because he wanted to go for this like grand epic sci-fi scale, a lot of times those little moments were small and we spent a lot more time with these sort of like big grand narratives of yeah. Messiah and war and, um, yeah, you know, like sort of like genocide kind of thing. They need to get to the big ship and like, yeah, it, it turns into really like blockbustery. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt blockbustery to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it felt like you were watching something that what I mean, I think it was a little bit more smart and inventive than like Marvel type movies. Yeah. Um, but but it had that element more than something like Arrival or Ad Astra that's that are also beautiful movies set in or yeah. sci-fi movies, but are like much more keyed in on a specific thing and are doing something that's very different and and in a lot of ways a lot smaller than yeah. this in sort of like the we got to save the world type plotline. Um, yeah, this movie was scared to let people talk. Like, it, you know, I was watching Jurassic Park the other day, as one does. And there's like that whole opening sequence where they just have a 20-minute dialogue at the dinner. And I was like, you know, we don't really do that anymore. And I think it's like it would have served this plot more to just allow – because like you said, I really liked his run-in with his old like compatriot who is now working with the robots. And I wish there'd been more with him, with her, like talking well, about – how he came around to actually dating one of these Sims instead of slaughtering them. But instead it's like they throw in like a funny sequence with a ice cream turned bomb type thing. And it's like, you know, it just, yeah, it was hard to really. The issue is, is that he's like alone for a lot of the movie or is just with the child. So there's, so it's, it's more of like a Western than it is a talky. Yeah. Uh, a talky, I don't know, like, yeah, something like Jurassic Park that does have these, like, more philosophical, like, chit-chat scenes. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like... Even the, like, even the, like, twist of he thinks his wife is alive still, but it turns out she's been in a coma since then, and it's like, but you I, have to be the one to kill her. Like, I wanted a little more emotion from him, maybe. Like, I don't know if it was just the acting or the lack of the lack of opportunity for conversation, but there was just like something missing where it wasn't. I like do feel like though that you and I both have this thing that we do where it's like, there's some sort of like trigger in us that is like, can be pulled randomly towards the beginning of a movie. And then <laughs> if that is like set off, then it's like everything that comes for the next two hours is like an incorrect move and bad. And we will be like nitpicking it. And then there's other movies that we can just sort of like waltz through, even though they're terrible. And like, <laughs> like, like we're paying no attention to the issues. Cause okay, I yeah. feel like the way that you're describing this and like all the, well, you know, and there should have been more of this and whatever. Like that was me dream Barbie where yeah, you were just yeah. like, blah, 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 like the good time. But then, <laughs> but then we'll watch something like, but then you'll watch, you know, some random disaster movie right. where I'm like, it was written by a man. It was directed by a man. There was one woman who might've been the costume designer. Like yeah. it, it was a shit show the whole time. Yeah. Nobody was a good actor. And you're like, this is a great movie. Or then there's <laughs> other things where other, or there's like weird, okay, like campy horror movies where I'm yeah. like, this was fantastic. And yeah, you're like, this sure. made no sense whatsoever. Like, and so I do feel like that there must've been like at some point in this, like you're, you had that, switch yes, flip totally. and was like no i will I not be having like... anything this movie is serving me <laughs> i hear for the you rest i hear of the you runtime. i appreciate the reading i agree i can see that for sure i think the issue becomes that some of my trigger points with this is that it feels really pedantic it feels like it's it's wanting props for diversity without giving without doing the work to bring that diversity to the forefront like like for you to say this isn't a movie about asianness is just like shocking to me because that was central to his window dressings for it so that alone is cause for criticism but like for sure I, 
I'm not going to guilt people who like this movie. I just felt like it was so derivative that it wasn't like. But it's also like, like John David Washington is a obviously black and there yes. are like certain sequences in the movie that have to do with like his hair and like I could see some sort of reading like of that but the, I, I don't know I to me I feel like not not to not to be like Scarlett Johansson and be like oh anybody can play a tree or whatever but because I don't obviously agree with that but I think in some of these sci-fi l- movies especially something like this where you can tell he is pulling from so many different things like yes he's pulling lots of asian stuff but he's also pulling lots of things from other sci-fi movies he's pulling stuff from you know like the uh iraq war he's pulling things from the vietnam war like he's pulling things from so many different places that i'm kind of like if you if you look too closely at any of these references it's they sort of I don't know. It, my I sort of just like let them glaze and fall right, over but me. If but if a movie also... is about taking aim at dehumanization, then isn't it ironic to dehumanize the Asian subject? Yeah, but I sort of feel like he's he's not like it's yes, it's set in in the world that we live in. It's not like they're aliens, but in the same way, it's kind of like we don't know what the history is, so it's like nothing. We do know is... the history. It's 2065. It's not that far away. It is built in the American landscape. Like just because he lazily and for this exact reason to like, justify not not explaining it, he makes okay, up you know a new what? I country. I can't get in. Okay, we okay. We have to get off this. We have to get off this. We're 15 minutes into this episode and we can't go down any more rabbit holes and nitpicks of things. It's not nitpicking. It's. I mean, yeah. I would argue that you can Google like. Asian the creator and you'll get yes. a lot of interesting conversation I'm, around I, this I'm sure issue. but I think we've talked about it enough <laughs> oh, okay Matt well, okay. it's, we're 51 <laughs> minutes into a podcast we don't have that much time I left hear you. I hear you and I feel like there's other aspects of this that we haven't discussed like I kind of want to talk about uh, like the reception like do we think that this is going to do well more um, than it has like do we think it's going to be getting awards consideration do we think that I this think is something that they're going that this director is going to get more like uh, chances or do we think that this is sort of like a flop and oh this is by no means get... a flop this is by no means a flop i mean even if it doesn't earn its money back it was a success in that a lot of people liked it it's an ip that i mean it's an original that did very did well for an original um and I mean, yeah, he's a he's a talented white director, so I don't see any problems. But with it him. only got a sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has not made that much money. Yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes isn't like the end all be all, and like you said, a lot of big critics did like this. So it's like, it's like that movie. What was that one? Like Akira or something, like that with Christoph Waltz, and everyone was like, "That's yeah, that's trash." But it ended oh. up being like a cult following. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Isn't it Akira? Uh, no, it's, no. I don't think. Uh, Electra? No. no. <laughs> it's like the robot girl. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I don't think it's Akira. I'm like, um, Akila? No, that's robot girl. I want to say that James Cameron Alita. somehow. Alita. 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 Battle Angel. Yes. Yeah. yeah so. That? It feels like something like that where it's like, sure, it might not make its money back, but I think it's not panned. And I think that's sometimes just a win, you know? And I think he's like a proven director that I don't think this will impact him negatively. And I think everyone's talking about like, oh, this little girl actress is really talented. And oh, you know, John well, David Washington was this. there. <laughs> the, the Alita Battle Angel director, most recent film is Spy Kids Armageddon. Oh, you're so perhaps it, So perhaps it didn't go as well. For, wait, he directed all the Spy Kids movies. Well, there you have it. He's just returning to his <laughs> and roots. Machete. And Machete Kills. Well, okay, it sounds like a, he didn't have a great background to begin with. record, yeah. Whereas this guy is proving himself to, you know, now he has value added where he can write an original piece. 
And like if M. Night Shyamalan's still making movies, like this guy will be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, but M. Night Shyamalan had like a big, big success. I don't know. I I mean, not that this person's never going to make a movie again, but I'm just like. Rogue One was a big success. Godzilla was a huge success. Like, I I think he's good. Like, I'm not trying to say he's bad or always racist. I think he made some choices here that were questionable and deserve exploration. Um, But I think, yeah, this movie, like you said, it's. It's not terrible and it's not like life-changingly great. It's just a if you like a, a good movie. I just sort of thought it was kind of boring and <laughs> It was like, too long. They could have cut the entire sequence of events around like I don't know, this like, oh, the robot arms are gonna kill him and he's in a like the entire final fight sequence was over the top and like so cheesy and silly. But Given the critic response to it, do you think that this is something that we're going to be talking about in awards conversations? Or do you think no? I think if anything... Beyond like visual effects or whatever. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think this will be like best script or... I mean, yeah, I definitely don't think best script. Does Barbie count as an original script? I can't remember how it works. Um, I like... think that they. I, I think that I read an article that yes, it even though it's based on IP and yeah. usually would be an adapted, that they've made some sort of. Uh, there was some sort of ruling that it would be in original instead yeah. of adapted, which I don't know if that helps it or hurts it because I feel like most years there's one of those categories that's really weak and one of the categories that's a lot stronger. Um, and but I honestly can't see Barbie winning best. Yeah, I mean, it might get nominated, I just meant, but I can't see I was it trying to think of screenplay. what it would even be up against. But I don't I don't see this in any of the big categories, um, except maybe, I don't know, was the music good? Like, I, I can see him throwing something at this because it does have really beautiful cinematography and, like, art direction. And I guess you could say, like, set or whatever, production design. But... Yeah, I don't think this will be like something where everyone's like rallying behind John David or Gemma and being like, you guys deserve it. It does look like best original screenplay is perhaps the weaker category this year. Speaking that uh, the potential nominees are Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, Past Lives, um, which I mean are like good movies, but not necessarily like, like none of those are jumping out to me as like, wow, that's got to get a screenplay nomination well maybe it'll be barbie versus the creator in our two least favorite movies of the year i mean yeah the creator is like it's just like it even does like title cards which feel unearned and kind of silly it's like half i don't know it was just like it's very vibey of a movie yeah it's really like working on a vibe yeah it's it's gorgeous it's, it's an aesthetic driven film yes yes which That's is which, of... <laughs> but yeah. yes, it's aesthetic. Like even the opening sequence, there's like the the drone ship is aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful. It's a cool build. It's lasers that like zoom across the countryside. I don't know why, but they do it. Seems like it. Yeah, and it's like on water and stuff yeah. at various points. Yeah. That's pretty. Um, yeah. I may, I guess though, now that I think about it, Rogue One does that whole final set piece is set like on an, the island planet or whatever. Which also integrated sort of the like water, palm tree, mechanical building, uh, <laughs> like look. Yeah. Don't you think that that's a similar like? Like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, oh, he he loves Thailand. Like, is that? No, no, no. I'm not saying anything about Asia. I'm just saying, like, I feel oh, like the like the, 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. like the the vibes of some of like his oh, shots yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. with like the sun setting yeah. and the you know he loves a moment and the water and the but then these like mechanical elements is definitely like yeah there's similarities there yeah in the look of the movie yeah i really i really love rogue and i've loved godzilla like i love monsters this one just you know it, it could have done with a few more draft revisions that's it yeah, it, I definitely a little cleaning think that. up of the tightening of the plot, cleaning up of the visuals, <laughs> a little more, a little more dialogue, less robots being murdered in mass. But that's just me. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, this is not my favorite movie of the year by any means. It was sort yeah. of just a meh 
movie for me. Yeah. Um, what is coming out next week? Do we know? Is Taylor Swift of the Flower. Or no, that's the following week. Um, I don't remember. Fair Play. <laughs> Fair Play is great. I, we'll like in see. some ways that has a lot to talk about, but in other ways I feel like maybe it doesn't have that much to talk mm-hmm. about. So unclear. Wait, Taylor Swift comes out the thirteenth. Okay, yeah. So yeah, wait, that's so we not... have one more week. Wow, this next week we <laughs> this next week there's like forty movies coming out. There's oh, e- Exorcist Believer. Oh. There's the new Pet Cemetery movie. There's Foe, which is the Saoirse Ronan, Paul Mescal movie that's based on a book that I think is also some sort of sci-fi thing. There's Dix, the musical. Oh, perfect. There's the new um, <laughs> Anne Hathaway movie, She Came to Me, where Marissa Tomei plays a tug-dope boat operator. Then there's Cat Person, which was based on that viral, what, New Yorker short story or whatever? Interesting. So really, nothing that I want to cover, but a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, Dix, the musical is right there, you know? Yeah, I haven't seen that. I guess we could go see it. <laughs> it's A24. Megan Thee Stallion's in it, so. Oh, perfect. Might be interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, anyways, we'll be back next week talking about something or another, um, provided that Shelby's not at a dog. Um, <laughs> another screening for my dog, A, yeah. a, a dog yeah. event. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.